What is up, Rockets fans? We are winning three games in a row. We need to tell the mayor to start planning the parade. I'm going to get into the game versus the Kings, Alperin Shangun's dominance, what I saw from Jalen Green, all of that right now. Tap in. Enjoy. The Rockets Chop Shop is your one-stop shop for all your basketball needs, for highlights, analysis, podcasts. We do it all here at the Rockets Chop Shop. Make sure you hit the like button on the videos that you watch if you enjoy them. Hit the subscribe button to get notifications from all the great drops that we have on the channel. Also, you can visit the Chop Shop merch store and get you some of the swaggiest gear in the Houston Rockets kingdom. And if you want, you know, you can always support the channel directly through donations. And if you want, you can support us through our partnerships with our sponsors. The Rockets Chop Shop is made by fans for fans. And we're going to keep rocking and keep dropping that heat. This is something I know. So early on in the game, the Kings came in trying to play a little bit of bully ball. But one thing that led me to believe we were going to win this game is that we were able to match it. And from jump, we knew what time it was. And you can see with this playset right here, they want to get into their dribble handoff action here with Herder and Sabonis. You get into the DHO. Now watch Jalen Green. Like rarely you see him give effort like this around screens. Usually Jalen in the past few years has historically been known for getting wiped out or or just dying on the screens. But just watch the effort. And this is the Coach Doka effect. This is what happens when you are pushed to your limits by your coach to be better. Look at the effort to stay at the hip of a herder there. Now you get a bonus on the roll. And there's no advantages gained here by uh, by the Kings, because now once uh, Herders is airborne, he only he's just either going to turn it over or he has to pass it to a teammate. Look where uh, Dylan Brooks is at. He's ready to help Alperin out in case Sabonis gets to the basket. Look where Fred is at. He's ready to help Alperin out in case uh, uh, Sabonis gets to the basket. And this is the difference from last year is that guys are intentional with their help. You can trust your teammates on defense at the same time. They're not going to mess up their assignment. Watch once that pass gets over. Dylan always keeps good leverage. His hips are able to be able to turn out because he's not totally turned fully around facing the basket as some of our young guys would do. Able to recover to his assignment and in good guarding position. Now you get some bonus flashing in the post there. Al P is ready to take on that. Look at everybody's alignment. They're splitting, being able to help and also their their original assignment. Jabari's in good position. Jalen's in good position. Everybody isn't in the post. And you get a Harrison Barnes trying to attack Dylan. Guess who's there to help? Fred Van Fleet closes that door, forces the pass out to a bad shooter, and leads to a, a contested three-point shot with the shot clock going down by uh, Davion Mitchell, which was why Davion Mitchell went two for 11. The reason he took 11 shots, 11 bad shots, was that at the end of the day, the Rockets forced the Kings to give the ball to the guy they they didn't want to shoot it. And that is the sign of a great defense. And this is what your Rockets are cooking up. All right. So the Rockets are coming off their second victory on two games in a row against the Sacramento Kings. I made a bold prediction in the last game that if we were able to beat the Kings two times in a row on back-to-back -back games with or without De'Aaron Fox, 
the Rockets are going to make the play in. And as currently constructed, assuming everybody's healthy, I think that the Rockets are a play in team at minimum. The reason I say this is you cannot beat a team as bad as they did. I mean, you guys watch the game. The Kings basically gave up on a lot of plays because they were so frustrated. How many shot clock violations or last second shots were they taking because of the Rockets defense? Once again, last year or the years before, when you think about how the Rockets were beating teams, Jalen dropped 40. Kevin Porter had, you know, 80% shooting from three. It was some weird anomaly for us to be able to beat these teams. But right now, when you're beating a team on defense, it's a different ball game, And that's exactly what the Rockets are doing. And it is impressive. This is a hats off to Coach Udoka. Um, the Rockets are just, I mean, they're just balling right now. Like the game, the Kings literally quit in the middle of the game. You could tell they were over it to the point where the, the, the Kings coach had to go to his bench like midway through the third quarter. Two games back to back. And this is not a, people are going to say, oh, there's no De'Aaron Fox. This is a team that was third in the West. It wasn't just because of him. They have a system and we shut that down. Now, obviously, he would have helped because when those plays are shut down with their initial actions, now they have to get into the free play where the guys with the talent start doing their thing. That's where he comes into play. But we were shutting down their actions and the guys closing out on the on the shooters, the extra effort. All of that was there. But man, what a victory. Um, Great, great, great time to be a Rockets fan. But I'm going to get into the players performances right now. So first play we're going to look at is Jabari Smith Jr. Great game from him. Didn't do too much. Was efficient. 13 points, four rebounds, no assists, 62% from the field, 60% from three. Jabari's been on a roll since the Spurs game. He's been locked in. And today he actually flashed some good defense, especially on the point of attack. He was rotating well. These are the things I'm talking about, guys. Step-by-step incremental growth. Once again, the analogy of teaching a 10-year-old how to ride a bike. Jabari under Steven Silas, Jalen under Steven Silas, Shangun under Steven Silas in the NBA. So they got reps. They were able to do what Rafael Stone wanted. But now that they're being asked to do things that they're not used to or or comfortable doing, they're struggling. And that's what you're going to see early on. But because they've gotten reps in the NBA, they're going to be able to catch up to their cohorts a little bit faster than a rookie. So they were going to start off this year looking like rookies, but the acceleration in their development and learning is going to be rapid. And But for him, great game from him. He was a plus 10 on the court. I saw that Coach Adoka also used him and Jalen aside from the starters. So that's why him, him and Jalen's plus minus is not going to be as high as the starting fives because he separated Jalen and Jabari from Shangun, from Fred, and from uh, Dylan um, to give them some autonomy in the uh, secondary lineups, which I love because people were, you know, saying that they're not getting enough shots for the young guys. So he offset the youth with uh, the old on on one side. So that's a little wrinkle that you guys should watch out for going forward. I love how those lineups held held, held their own. They did pretty good. They did pretty good. Plus 10 is still winning uh, in, in those lineups, especially given that the bench isn't what it's going to be. Now you imagine those second lineups with Jalen, Jabari, you throwing Tari Eason in there, right? Now you're cooking something with Lua Man Thompson. Exciting times, exciting times. So look out for that lineup, but great job to Jabari. So Jalen Green had a great game. And guess what? This is this is almost poetic. He took one less shot than he did the last game. Remember, I had a whole uh, spill about 
people were like, oh, Jalen needs more shots. Fred is ball hogging. Coach Adoka doesn't know how to use him. He took one less shot and had 23 points, 13 more points. You know why? Check out these free throw attempts. Check out the free throw attempts. Bro had 12 free throw attempts. Do you know why he had 12 free throw attempts? Because he was driving to the basket. He drove downhill. He was aggressive. Okay, so basketball isn't that hard, bro. You're one of the fastest players in the league. You're playing against a team that plays the drop with slow centers. Attack, attack, attack. And he did that. Got to the line. Once again, I never care if Jalen scores like 50 points, 10. It doesn't matter because it's really based on how he's playing on the court, how well the Rockets are going to do. That's really the key for him is to be aggressive. And aggressive doesn't mean taking 30 shots. Aggressive is a play style. Aggressive is a mentality shift. Aggressive is being a dog and wanting to go get it. And he did that in this game. Attack, attack, attack. That's all you can ask for him is he figures out the fine points of this offense. There's going to be a point where he's going to pick his spots, where he knows where to go at a certain context in the game, whether he needs to go to his mid-range, whether he needs to attack, whether he needs to cut, whether he needs to shoot his threes. But until then, all you can control is your aggression. And there's no excuse for him to be as passive as he was in a first Kings game. This is the Jalen that we need as he figures everything out. 23 points, two rebounds, two assists, nine field goal attempts, 12, uh, 12 free throws is crazy. 55% from the uh, on the court, 60% from three, plus 13. Gotta love it, man. So he got to keep that up. I want him to play like this every single game. It's it's mental for him at this point. There's nothing physical stopping him from doing this. And anybody that thinks that is because of any other person but Jalen Green, you just don't know hoops. Fred Van Vliet had a, uh, you know, a quiet game, only 11 points, five assists, four rebounds uh, on eight shots. You know, that's way lower than the 22, but he didn't need to take 22 shots because everybody was cooking. And that's the thing about a floor general that you have to respect. Once again, Fred, I, you know, obviously to me, the only fault I have with his playing right now is his uh, inside game. Like he takes too many bad layups, but his outside shots I love. I want him to shoot more mid-range shots, like steal a page from Chris Paul's book, getting to that midi and hitting those mid-range jumpers for a small guard. That's really where he has to live in that in-between land, trying to get to the basket and do those double scoop layups is never going to get it. But he was a plus 34 in this game, controlled the game. Him and Alp were controlling the game. And for him, the reason you know he's a he's a point guard and knows what he's doing, he rises to the occasion of the team. Meaning if Jalen Green isn't being aggressive, Fred has to take 22 shots because he can sense that. He fills that void. If Jalen Green is cooking, if Jabari is cooking, if Shangoon is cooking, hey, he just sets the table for them to eat. That's how it got to be. And that's what we've been missing on this team for the past three years. Some of the finer nuance, uh, the nuances of playing the point guard position that don't pop off the page. When people used to quote, oh, man, KBJ had a triple double. But you're looking at our offensive ratings, the assist numbers, assist to, uh, turnover ratio. All these things are in the gutter. But you're looking at just raw stats to justify the play of a point guard. You could never do that. But Fred, good game for him. Like I said, team high, him and Dylan plus 34. Balling. I mean, he's he's you know playing like you want him to play. Once again, the efficiency not really great on the in, inside the three point line. Thirty seven percent shot fifty for, from three. But you know, like I said, he's getting the team where they need to be. 
when we play the better teams coming up, he's definitely going to be have to be much better. He's going to have to step up, and I expect him to. So Dylan Brooks comes back down to earth with this game uh, with only nine points, only shot 50% from the field, which is, you know, pedestrian for his standard, 33% from three, which is around where you kind of expected him to be. I think by the end of the year, Dylan's probably going to be a solid, like, 38% shooter um, when everything settles in. But a plus 34, a team high, with, along with Fred Van Fleet, um, elite defense. The dude can guard damn near every position. Him and Fred are just changing the Rockets' defensive identity. Like the King starters were on pace to only score like 60 points. And I'm kind of mad our bench gave up the, a lot of score, uh, points in that fourth quarter because they kind of tanked our ratings. Greedily, I, I kind of wanted us to keep clamping them up, let the starters play a little bit longer so we could secure some of those top ratings in the league because I want it all right now with the Rockets. But, you know, nine points, six rebounds, one assist. Um, just a game where he didn't really have to exert too much on the offensive end because other guys had it going. And guess what? They're cool with that. This is all you could ask for from veterans, right? Once again, one of the reasons I didn't really care much for the J uh, James Harden acquisition, because I need guys that can fill voids and also fall back. And that's a rare combination to have in vets, especially vets that are still relatively in their own primes. So for them to, to take on this role of allowing our young guys to figure out their game while being training wheels on them as they're learning to ride, once again, that bike analogy, but able to take off the training wheels as need be. That's a rare combination of finding vets. And I think it kind of helps that they're paid and secured. I made a video about the Rockets um, young guys needing vets. Uh, it's a video about uh, I used a uh, example of Devin Booker and uh, Tyson Chandler and how Tyson was Devin's uh, vet. And they talk about multiple things. But one of the things that a vet, a good vet really provides for a young guy is just learning how to be a pro. But it's not a lot of guys in the NBA that are willing to actively take that role of a veteran. And Tyson spoke on that. Like, you have to want to do this. And I think the Rockets have thread the needle of finding players that are good enough to con contribute on the court. At the same time, they're willing to impart knowledge and take a step back to allow the young guys to grow and develop their game. So I think that's a plus for us. Uh, but Dylan and Fred have been stellar uh, in their in their time in Houston. So, that, you know, I, I would love for that to keep going on. And they're going to get to a point where they find a smooth kind of a me happy medium between where the guys are playing well, the young guys and the vets are actually contributing at a baseline level where everybody knows their role. Once again, this is not what the team is going to be. This is the worst they're going to be. I'm going to keep saying that every game. This is the worst they're going to be. Anything upward from here is better. Whether they win or lose, they're still figuring out everything. This is the worst they're going to be. And that's exciting for Alperin Shangun. I mean, once again, at this point, like you just expect him to have a dominant game against the other opposing center. He's been destroying the opposition at his position damn near every game. I mean, 17 points and he could have had probably 20 something if, he, if they played a full game. Eight rebounds could have had a triple double if he stayed and greedily wanted to take some. But he let some of his teammates get the rebounds by boxing out. Twelve assists uh, on only a 13 field goal attempt shot 53 percent from the field. Um, 0 for 3 from 3, um, plus 30 on the game. Once again, right now, he's the Rockets MVP. He's our best player. He's Everything hangs on him. The offense is based around him. And slowly but surely, the team is taking the identity of Shangun's playing style. And I love, once again, this is where Coach Udoka, come, you have to give him his kudos for this because the way, you know, people were complaining on one side, 
you had people that were saying that, oh, Alperen Sengun needs to be the focal point of the offense. He needs more touches. They need to post him up more. On the other side, people were saying they need to run more uh, stuff for Jalen, for Jabari. And what Coach did was he started off from ground zero, squared and leveled the playing field where they just ran basic offensive principles and sets, dribble handoffs, pick and roll, where nobody was really like prioritized to a major way. And the reason he did that was he was assessing. He was assessing the situation. He was assessing the players. He was assessing their skills. He was assessing who does what, where, when, and how so that he could make an informed decision about what type of play styles they should run. And that's why, once again, patience should be a virtue for all of us because they still haven't gotten there yet, right? You still want to keep collecting data to see what your guys are good at. Who likes the ball where? What time do I push this button to get this guy going? Who should I make the substitution? All of this is going to be an ongoing assessment that Coach Adoka is going to be doing. But one thing they have found, and I saw this early on in preseason, is that Alperen Sengun gives them instant offense. Um, the dribble handoffs, the post-ups in a pinch, and other ways they're using him to me is just how they should have been using him for the past two years. And we are finally at a point where he's able to explore his talent at the NBA level the same time. The defense, the defense, the defense. Guys, let's look at the matchup between Alperen Sengun and Sabonis. Alperen Sengun, 16 points to Sabonis, 9.5. Alperen Sengun, 9 points to Sabonis, 4.5. This is in two games. And Alperen Sengun, 8.5 rebounds to Sabonis, 11. Sabonis in this last game was only generating 0.87 points per possession. That means every time he touched the ball and tried to score it, it was less than one point. That means he was on clamps while Alpern was well over one point per, per, uh, per possession, basically scoring on half the times. He was eating, eating Sabonis up, eating them up. I mean, this was almost, I mean, I almost got, I felt bad for the dude. The way he was getting, getting just bottled up. He couldn't really do anything. You saw the frustration in his face. Alpern Shangun on the, on the open court, guarding guys on the perimeter, moving his feet. He's going to give up, you know, a couple, you know, guys driving here. He's going to get lazy and he has a couple plays here. But guess what? So does every single player in the NBA. Dylan Brooks gets cut on at least once or twice a game, right? So this impossible standard, some of you guys are holding out P2 on defense, where he, not only does he have to be the best perimeter defender, he also has to guard the rim like prime Dwight Howard in order to satisfy some weird fetish people have for a specific archetype of big man. Like, players come in all shapes and sizes. Nobody thought anybody could do anything till they did it. And I'm here to tell y'all, dude is here to stay. Like, he is here to stay. He is the Rockets' most important player right now. And he's about to get tested coming up, though. We have a slate of big men coming into our uh, Toyota Center with his homestead, plus on the road. This next few games for the Rockets are going to be critical. And it's really going to, to me, give Alperin the ability to show on a national stage because they're going to have some big games, you know, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets on a national stage that he's arrived. I expect him to keep improving. This is the worst he's going to be. Every game that passes the chemistry between him and the guards and the other players is kind of brewing up and guys are getting comfortable. Guys are getting comfortable. Once again, I'm, you know, I love Deion Sanders. I love the Saints he be having. They're just getting comfortable. Don't let them get comfortable, like Deion would say. Don't let them get comfortable. Now, hopefully, we, we're not like the Colorado Buffaloes where we get comfortable and start losing. But, you know, I think that, you know, once again, 
this is just the beginning of it. You got to give them a lot of time to get adjusted. And last but not least, we got to talk about Coach Doka. And I mean, if 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 there has been a blessing to this franchise, it's the fact that they were able to hire this man as the coach. I keep saying it. The biggest thing they did this offseason was not Fred, was not Dylan, was not drafting a man Thompson or Cam Whitmore. The biggest change the Rockets made and the most impactful change the Rockets made is hiring Coach Doka because Coach Doka transcends everything in that franchise. He transcends just not just coaching, but he transcends to every aspect of the franchise. He's impacting player development. He's impacting the on-court product. He's impacting front office decisions. This is more than any single player could have done for the Rockets. And I want to point out a chart. This is from after this game against the second game against the Kings. I went to Synergy and I looked at our play type ratings uh, for our defense, right? Looking at these play type ratings, I want you guys to just look at this. Look at this beautiful. Look at this. I've never, ever in the past three years seen anything look close to like this for the Houston Rockets in any stretch of games, whether it's one game, two games, three games. Look at this. Pick and roll, man. Excellent. Post-ups. Very good. Transition. Very good. Isolation. Very good. Handoffs. Good. Pick and roll ball handler. Average. Spot-ups. Average. And the only thing that we are below average on are offensive rebounds, which Tari Eason and Men Thompson are going to help. Coming off of screens, which Jabari and Jalen are going to get better at as they learn to not overhelp and recover. Cuts, which everybody needs to work on and just random stuff, whatever miscellaneous plays is. But all the stuff that matters and especially that pick and roll roll man and that pick and roll ball handler, which we were both poor in last year, is up to excellent and very good. This is the Udoka effect. Look at our rankings. We're the, in the 97th percentile in pick and roll. Alper Shangun is guarding his ass off. He is guarding his ass off in the in the post. Look at the post ups. Very good. Transition. That is a team thing. Isolation. Guys are clamping. This is real deal. And you got to give, uh, you know, give the kudos to Coach Adoka. It is a renaissance in Houston right now for Houston sports. Given what CJ Stroud just did with the Houston Texans, the Astros are coming off another playoff berth. The Rockets are on to come up. Hopefully this sustains once again, only six games. You know, they can go on the three game losing streak easily. But I'm not looking. Honestly, I'm not even looking at the wins and losses. I'm looking at structure. I'm looking at defensive effort, things that are scalable to when you add better players, when guys are healthy, to when guys get chemistry. Because once you do that, then you can see a team improve steadily as their communication gets better. This is when you want to look for not shooting charts and all this stuff about, you know, guys, true shooting. That's all good to know. But at, at the end of the day, is it real? Is it scalable? And what the Rockets are doing is real deal. This is real stuff. So. You know what I mean? Like I said, my prediction, I think the Rockets are going to make the play-in. I'm there. I think the Rockets are going to make the play-in. And I think that, you know, that's the minimum. And depending on what Jalen and Jabari want to do, and if Fred can improve a little bit, if Tari comes back to form, if Amen Thompson takes a leap this year, maybe more. But I think they can make the playoffs. And, and this is as built. Rafael Stone could really make me happy with him. If he actually did something with Oladipo's contract and went and got a piece that could help us off that bench unit, get us some shooting, maybe get us a real center to back up Albert Shingun, then we could be cooking with some. But y'all let me know what was your favorite part of the game. Um, you know, this was an exciting game. We got the Lakers coming up. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. But keep rocking with the chop shop. Hold on, hold on. If you're still listening to this podcast at this point, make sure you hit the like button. Hit the like button. If you like the content, hit the like button. Subscribe if you're new to the channel. Now I'm going to say it. 
Keep rocking with the Chop Shop. We're going to keep dropping that fire.